Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, everybody. This is week three of the relational status, but uh, we quite didn't get there oh, <laughs> this <man>. Sunday. <laughs> God and his surprises, right? Right. Yeah. Wow. So I'm Pastor Dan. Uh, welcome to the podcast. And Pastor Terry Lee, Pastor of Fusion Lex. Good to be with you today. Yes. And this is the Midweek Bump podcast here for Fusion Church in Lexington. Yeah. So, uh, man, this Sunday, God just kind of showed up. That was uh, big. Big time. Showed up big. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to be honest with you, um, I knew something was going to happen. Yeah. Just didn't know what it was going to look like. Right. And uh, I think it's it's so important, like, to come into whatever it is that you're doing, expecting that God's going to move. Yeah. You know, and and not hoping. I think there's, you know, there's the difference between hoping that God does something. Yeah. And and expecting, knowing that, that he will. Oh yeah. Yeah. You have to come expectant. You have to, your your attitude, the position of your heart has to be coming in. I mean, we're coming together as the assembly of the saints and when two or more are gathered, there he is. And when we're worshiping together, it says in Psalms 22, three, it says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So we should be coming expectant, knowing that man, when the saints gather together, when we worship together, man, we're going to feel his presence. Anytime God's presence is in the room, you never know what's going to happen, but it's going to be good. And yep. it's gonna and miracles can happen and all those things. So yeah, we should come expecting. I absolutely and and I think it, it's so important to understand that like when you come expecting, like we get we need to get to the place where that's the norm. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Not that, like we just walked in with like a spiritual chip on our shoulder because we watched a YouTube video of it happening in another church. Right. But like we came hungry, yeah. came expecting, came came believing that mm-hmm. he was going to do something. Because that's the norm. That's what it should be. That's what it's supposed to look like. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, God, man, he has a portion for all of us to have and partake. He's limitless. So I think it's, it's great. You know, I think it's great to celebrate what's going on, but also know uh, at other places or whatever. But when you come here, it's like, it's the same thing. God wants to pour out everywhere in every city and uh, wants to touch the hearts of his people because he loves us. Yeah. And so I mean, I kind of knew something was going to happen. Um, I just, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't sure what it was going to look like. Um, and so I, I, you know, I was just praying, God, I'll step out of the way. I have no problem getting out of the way. Right. You do what you want to do. We had planned um, part three of the relationship status series. And we just didn't get there. No, <laughs> no, we did not. And and that's all good. That's all good. Uh, worship. I mean, I'm telling you, yeah. um, I can't tell you how many times over the years with, uh, with our worship pastor, Melissa, yeah. there have been times where like, when I, when I came in and I, I heard what she was going to sing, I had no idea that week what God was laying on my heart is completely um, impacted by, uh, let me rephrase that. Uh, what was on my heart is completely reflected. Yeah. Um, and what she was singing and we hadn't talked to each other all week long. Yeah. And that, to me, that just kind of blows my mind. Like I, God does that over and over and over again. And it's, and it's absolutely awesome. So they came with a, with, I just thought worship was amazing on Sunday. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think that was great. And yeah, those are always those wonderful things, you know, just, you know, we're many people, many people part of the body, but it's the same spirit that's within all of us. And so when we know how to tune into that and know your part, because you see in part and know in part, um, right. and you're faithful with that, then you get to see kind of the grand scheme that maybe what God was orchestrating, you know, all along, which is just a great, you know, confirmation 
that we're on the right track. Um, and so, yeah, I love it when that kind of stuff happens Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. So they, they started leading worship and for those, I don't know, maybe, maybe you saw the video, maybe you haven't, I, maybe you were there, maybe you weren't, but mm-hmm. I don't know about a couple songs in, I, I just kind of got started getting the impression that the people were pressing in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and we always know like the first few rows, we know based on where they're at, where the people are, but I couldn't tell what God was doing in the back of the room. But as I talked to some people, God was really working just all the way through the building. Yeah. And, um, and so I, there was this, there was this one point uh, where we just kind of got up and we're like, well, we're not sure what's about to happen, but God gets to do what he wants to do. And the Lord gave one of our ladies a word and mm-hmm. she came up and shared and I, you know, it was powerful. And, uh, and then we just kind of started pressing in even more. And I thought it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's the, the hunger, I think it was John G. Lake. Uh, he preached like a classic sermon. It was talking about like the hunger is like the most powerful kind of, I don't know. I, not, not, it's not an emotion, but it's a, a willpower thing where, you know, right. I'm hunger. And he was just saying like, look, take any civilization, take away all their food, all their grocery stores, everything like that. And in three months, they're going to turn to all kinds of barbaric things and this and that because of just the hunger and it's leading them to that, right? We, we, we have plenty, so we, we're not seeing those sides a lot here, especially here in America. But he was just trying to correlate like hunger, and he was correlating that with spiritual hunger. Right. And, uh, and so it's important to keep the spiritual hunger going, um, that we're, we're hungry for a move of God. That we, Every Sunday, we want to see him move. Every time that we spend time with him in our personal life throughout the week, we should be expecting and we should be hungry for Absolutely. God to move. Um, and so uh, those things are, are so important um, for us to. And so I think us pressing in, I think God, you know, obviously saw the hunger of everybody in there from front to back. And then he was like, okay, like my, my children want me to, to be here. Absolutely. They're not kicking me out. They're not, you know, shutting me down. They're not quenching me. Like I feel invited. I feel like I can do my thing here. Yeah. And, and so that's huge. You know, God, um, w- when he feels quenched, he will, he will leave, he will abandon, he will, you know, go away and he will not move in certain ways. Whenever people continuously keep telling him, I don't want you, you're a bother, you're right. annoying me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's true. So we want to make an inviting atmosphere for the presence of God. I think that's what happened, but us collectively, um, right. on Sunday was just that joint thing. And, and I, yeah, I, I think, you know, you've heard me probably say this a million times and, and I'll, I'll continue to say it because I think it's just such a, a powerful uh, point is that the word word says in, in the book of Ma- in the book of Matthew chapter mm-hmm. five during the Sermon on the Mount it says blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness yes. for they shall be filled and and I've mm-hmm. I've said this before but I'll say it again maybe you've never heard this before you know it's so important to remember that there's no promise that anywhere that just because you want more of something it's going to happen like I want more money sure you know what I mean yeah I sure. I want I want you know uh you know, whatever, you know, there's, th- there are yeah. things I want. I want a van that doesn't, you know, die on me every 15 minutes. I, I you know, all those things, yeah. but, but just because I want it doesn't mean I'm going to get it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I want to, I want to be able to dunk a basketball, but if you've ever watched <laughs> me jump, it ain't happening <laughs> just because I want to be able to do it. Doesn't sure. mean I'm going to do it. But yeah. when I, when I desire more of God, mm-hmm. just because I desire more, I get more. And that's the only promise like that, that you're ever going to find that just because you want it, you get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so, so here we were, we were hungering and thirsting for more of God. And he said, okay, because you want more, you get more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we did something, man, that I, I just, 
in the middle of that, yeah, that um, I just thought turned out to be so powerful. And I, I, w- I want to get as the youth pastor, I want to get your your thoughts on it. I, I was I sure. was up there, and I just all of a sudden the Lord laid on my heart. I saw three microphones, okay. and I saw three girls who were in our youth group, all sixteen or younger. Yeah, and the Lord's like, hey, give them a microphone, tell them it's their time to sing. Wow. And I had no idea why. Yeah. I just did. And like when I started talking about it, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I I like I was emotionally like I, I felt like I felt like I was just barely holding it together. Like something powerful was about to happen. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So I invited them up. They did not like that. <laughs> you know, they were they they were like, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, what now? Yeah, right. But but you know, different different people. We handed them a microphone. And we're like, go stand up here and and um, they're singing a simple song. You yeah. you just sing. You just worship. Do your thing. Do you? Right. And um, man. And then I look up and there's all these other kids join them up on the stage because we yeah. just gave them the opportunity. Right. Wow. Yeah. Um, mind blowing. Yeah. Mind blowing. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, as the youth pastor, I mean, I'm with these kids, you know, every week, you know, in service and, and they're worshipers, man. I mean, they go after it. Uh, they're up at the altar, you know, crying out to God. And, uh, but you know, some of those specifically that you call out to sing, I thought, um, not only was it a blessing for us and you were walking in obedience, but also I saw like it was a breakthrough in their lives, those girls. Cause I'll tell you some of them, like we've been trying to get them to join the worship team and youth for a right. while, but they, but they were always like, well, you know, I, I don't know. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And I'm like, well, this is the stage here in youth group to cut your teeth on Absolutely. with singing, you know, and you got Chad who helps us out, you know, on a weekly basis. So you got an experienced musician and worship leader who's going to pour into you. Um, and so they would always be like shying away from it or other things get in the way. So I think it was like the perfect thing where it was like, look, you know, you got to overcome your fear right here in this moment. And when you add, put a demand on it, um, that was huge. And you saw them respond to it. They didn't chicken out. They didn't run away, but they responded to that. Um, part of my heart, you know, as a, as a youth pastor, I think I told you whenever I first came on was like, my heart is not to build big crowds, but to build big people. That's good. And, and I don't, I don't. So when I teach in youth, I'm teaching in there as if I was teaching on a Sunday morning in main service and I don't water things down or dumb them down is that uh, when we talk through things, if they have questions, but for the most part, I'm going in depth with them because I figured, you know, for them, I want to see them become spiritually mature because I want them to be prepared. Absolutely. Whenever they go off to college, the sad statistic is, is that 80% of kids fall away from the Lord that grew up in a Christian home that were coming out to a youth group. And so I'm trying to prepare them for that because, um, you know, my generation of youth pastors and stuff like that, they were great. They were wonderful, but there was a lot of hype. There was a lot of, we're going to do prizes. We're going to do this, all the flashy stuff. But, um, so I feel like there needs to be that more intentionality within youth groups, uh, currently like in this day and age that we need to see what kind of wasn't working in the past and saying, okay, we just need to go for it. Go for the depth, go for the deep things of the Lord, whether we're going deep in worship, deep in the word, and, and it puts a demand on them uh, to mature in the Lord and not just treating them like they're kids, but saying like, no, you can walk in the full maturity of, of the Lord. You can Absolutely. walk as a mature Christian. It's not that you, when I'm an adult, then I can walk as a mature Christian. It's mm-hmm. like, no, now you can walk as a mature Christian. And um, so anyway, seeing that, I thought it was just, it blessed my heart as a youth pastor, seeing people going up there on the stage and worshiping and people who are just breaking through their barriers, breaking through yeah. their fear, yeah. their anxiety. Um, and that's the thing 
thing that um, I feel like the enemy is trying to rob this generation is through anxiety and through fear and trying yes. to control them. So I just saw it as like total God thing that right there in that moment, it was like, are you going to do it or not? And there was just that healthy pressure to just like step up and do this, step up to the microphone and sing to the Lord, use your giftings for the Lord. So I'm excited to see yeah. what the ramifications of that will be. Right. We Me also too. have fine arts Me coming too. up, which is a chance for them to express their giftings that God's given them and give them some goals. So I think it was a perfect timing, even just in that realm too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think there's something to be said for not giving people time to think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I think I think people, when you give them an opportunity, if you give them too much time, they'll talk themselves out of it. And those girls would have done that. Yeah. And uh, looking over and seeing some of our young men up there worshiping. Yeah. Looking out and seeing our, our young men and young ladies worshiping. Yeah. I just, it, it really, it really kind of blessed my heart to watch and see what God was doing there in that moment. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that something that that has always been like my favorite part of ministry because let's face it there's hard things in ministry man oh yeah <laughs> um yeah you know and and maybe we'll take a podcast one day and talk about that yeah sure um, but my one of my favorite things in ministry is what i call that beautiful collision where who you are and who god's called you to be when those two things collide right you know what mm -hmm. i mean and I, I feel like we watched some of that you know that that yeah. um and i, I think that the other part of it for me was there was like a, a purity about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was an innocence about it. And I think my favorite part of, of that moment was there was at one point in time and uh, Tara, one of our mic singers had, um, had a girl named Odessa who, who's uh who's one of our teens. She yeah. just handed her her mic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I looked over and I saw Chad who, who you've referenced. Yeah. Um, we call him big chatty, uh, yeah. big chatty just stepped away from his mic, just kept playing, um, playing the guitar and had the girls up there singing into his mic. And right. there was, there was a moment, I don't know if you saw it when Melissa stopped singing or stop, stop holding her microphone to her face, right. put it down and just kept singing with the girls. But it was, it was just the girls singing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I looked over and everybody had given up their microphone and watching those girls in that moment probably had no idea what they were doing. Yeah. Um, no idea that nobody was singing with them Yeah, and they were leading an entire congregation of adults. And I, I just, dude, I could, I, I could barely keep it together. Yeah. And, um, and just the purity of that moment, the innocence yeah. of that moment. And I, I just, I got to believe, man, it really blessed the heart of God. And, and on top of that, I didn't care how well they sang. Yeah. I mean, those girls can sing. Oh yeah. They sounded great. Yeah. yeah they, they mm -hmm. sing well, but I didn't care. Right. And I think, I, this is this is another thing you know in the excellence driven ministry um space that we've been in you know this this uh this kind of idea that everything you do has to be done in excellence sure i think there's room um for for things that are messy yeah as long as it's powerful you yeah. know what i mean so oh, if those yeah. girls couldn't sing a lick mm -hmm. but it was powerful I'm all in with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I'm getting to the point like where I don't care how it looks anymore. Yeah. And I don't care if it's messy. Yeah. If it's what God wants and it's powerful. Yeah. I, I would much rather this church be powerful than polished. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I, I remember I heard this one preacher say, he's like, you know, you could have everything all put together and everything with the name and the label on it. You know, everything's like in its own little compartment and it could be like a graveyard. He goes, or you could have something that's going to be messy, like a birthing room. But he's like, but there's life in the birthing room. Absolutely. And so overall, I'm choosing, we want to choose life. You know, Christ even says, choose life or death and choose life. You know, it's this thing where, where there's life, there's going to be some messes. There's going to be some things, some, some sloppiness in the sense of because nobody's perfect but right. um having that degree of measure of where okay i'm not thrown off by that what i'm focusing in here is is god pleased with what's happening is Absolutely. god honoring what's happening and that's that's the real fruit here that's what uh, yeah we're and i and i think you know there's not always those times where i can look at myself in the mirror and say you know did we get it right you know was god 100 happy with what we just did but i felt like sunday Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sunday was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and so just, I don't know, man, I felt like it was powerful. I I loved it. Um, Mm -hmm. so proud of those girls. (laughs) And one of them uh, came up to me. She's like, PT, I'm mad at you that you did that. And I said, would you, she wasn't really mad, but she, you know, I said to her, I'm like, would you have done it if I'd given you time to think about it? Right. No, probably not. Okay. There you go. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) yeah, I I, I love to do that, dude. I, I, you know, talking about just like, Mm-hmm. I've done that for years to people yeah. like I love to throw a grenade on the floor and watch how people respond. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know because like, I think people, yeah. people step into greatness without even realizing that they just did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so like, I love to put people in those moments where uh-huh. like you take somebody who's scared to death to, to talk into a microphone and you walk up and you hand them the mic and say, close us in prayer. What? And and then they go up and they do it and they absolutely crush it. Yeah. And it's powerful. And then they're like, uh-huh. well, God, God used me there. What else will God use me to do? Right. And I, I think that as a pastor, it's kind of our job to, for lack of a better word, try to spot greatness in people and pull it out. Yeah. And, and when we, when we, when we do that, because I think part of being a great leader is looking to give your influence away to, to other people, you know, looking mm-hmm. to give your opportunity to speak away yeah. You know, there's times where I need to be the one speaking. Sure. You know what yeah, I mean? For sure. But mm-hmm. there's also times I need to be the one giving up that platform mm-hmm. to watch somebody else come alive. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think that's, you know, you saying throwing the grenade in the floor just reminds me of that scene from like Captain America when, <laughs> you know, they throw their grenade as a fake grenade, but nobody else knew it was. And then here's Captain America who jumps on top of it to save everybody else. And it is that like, you know, you really see what you're made of. Um, I know in my own life, I remember I was in Peru and I was 17, was in there and, you know, think God was speaking to me about some things and I was sharing it with one of our pastors who was on the trip, just like, yeah, you know, you're a pastor, that's that's your job. I'm just kind of telling you what I really feel like God's saying. And then lo and behold, we get in the group meeting. He's like, okay, yeah, sounds good. And then we get in the group meeting and he's like, yeah, I said, I think uh, Dan has something to say to this church. And I was like, oh, oh. And then it was just that thing of like, okay. And you know, and, um, and so after that, that was like such a life changing experience, but it wasn't by, I wasn't trying to get to the microphone and preach. I was, I was just, uh, didn't know what to do with it. And I was put on the spot. And then it kind of was one of those things like, wow, I, I didn't realize, but you know, God has built in me or put in me. And so those opportunities are amazing, you know, and even if we're, you know, even if there isn't a, someone who's challenging or puts that in you, God's constantly speaking to us. And so you, you know, mm-hmm. to step out of your comfort zone and to whatever witness, share the gospel, um, do something that you ordinarily wouldn't do. 
And, uh, and then you'd be surprised what really is inside of you, what, what God leading you through it and be like, wow, I just like, man, I stepped out of my comfort zone, shared Christ with somebody and man, you know, now they're saved and they're coming to church on Sunday. It's like, how right. cool is that? Yeah. You know? Um, so there's a lot of that. I mean, God's constantly doing that to us and sometimes he uses, yeah, other brothers and sisters in the Lord to, to put us in those positions. Absolutely. And, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think if, if, if we're not doing things that scare us to death, mm-hmm. then what are we doing? You know what I yeah. mean? Like if we're not putting ourselves in position or allowing God to put us in a position to do something that we never thought we'd ever do. Yeah. I think we're missing an opportunity. I think it's yeah. extraordinarily powerful when God says, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to mobilize you yeah. to do something you never thought you could ever do. Yeah. Because, because then, because then he, I, I believe very firmly that God gives us occasions simply that we can rise to it. Mm-hmm. And and so, like, I, I guess I, that would be a challenge that I would give to the listener today. What what things has God been laying on your heart? Yeah, mm-hmm. that scare you to death. Maybe they they are shaped like you, but way 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 bigger than you. Mm-hmm. That you know God's been laying on your heart, but you haven't stepped out because it scares you to death. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not do it? Yeah. Why not do it now? Right. I mean, that step out in faith. Let let your love for the Lord and want and desire to be obedient to Him overcome the fear that's inside of you. Perfect love casts out all fear. That's right. And so if you want to know if you're led by fear or if you're led by faith or led by love, a great indicator is do you let fear always dictate to you what you actually put your hand to or what you, you know, uh, how you act. If you're letting fear control you, that's not of God. God's God's not at all about fear and trying to right. keep you, you know, in that kind of box, so to speak, and not always about your comfort zone. Uh, it's, some, it's not about the comfort zone. It's not about, you know, what you feel comfortable with necessarily. What it's about is, do you know this is the Lord saying this and having the faith to know that when you step out, he will be with you. Just like Peter, you know, on the boat. I mean, I'm sure it was scary for any of them to come walk out on the water. And sometimes we rag on Peter sometimes, but the man was the only one out of that boat right. that walked on the water. And uh, and so he was able to. And other things got in the way, but there still is this, you know, this essence that, you know, he stepped out. And rocked the boat, got out, and came after God only because God called him and said, hey, come on out into the water with me. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you this. Out of all the disciples, all the apostles in, in Scripture, I, yeah. I identify with Peter because that dude stuck his foot in his mouth a lot. Oh, for sure. And so yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's me. I guess that. I guess <laughs> that's me. But to your point, yeah. to your point, here's something cool that you probably didn't know happened. Yeah. Those girls started singing. Mm-hmm. Power of God moved. I mean, we had people getting free at the altar. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I was watching. Lord gave me a word for one for one of our people that, um, you know, the the Lord gave you freedom today. Don't leave it here when you walk out the door. Take yeah. that freedom with you. Fight tooth and nail for it because it was a gift from Him to you. Yeah. Um. There were people getting free. There were people. There were people. There were people that stepped up for prayer to get prayer for the first time. They've never done it before. Wow. They've been with us. Yeah. They've been with us since like before Christmas. And they're loving what God's doing, but but they're not used to it. They're they're yeah. watching this, and we have a lot of people who are coming from um, belief backgrounds where it's like you know, it's not practiced in their church for God to move the way wow. God moved on Sunday. Yeah, they went down and and even had some of our students pray over them, mm-hmm. and um and and just kind of lingered at the altar and was like, man, this is this is what I've been missing. This is, this is where I need to be. This is what it's all about. And so the cool thing is, if you think about it, those girls stepping out of their comfort zone, 
yeah. doing something that scared them to death mm-hmm. led to someone else stepping out of their comfort zone yeah. and doing something that scared them to death. <laughs> so like if you are willing to step out and, yeah. and do that thing that the Lord's been laying on your heart, even if it's scary for you, yeah, what's it going to lead somebody else to do? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause it's, it, it is a, it is a catalyst to pull someone else into that, that, that mindset that if God has called me to it, I'm going to do it and watch what happens. Yeah. And so I just, I don't know, man, I can't say enough about like our young people and, you know, you look at the landscape of, of the world right now and, and people have had a lot of, a lot of things to say about like Gen Z. Oh yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I, I fall in that weird, that weird generation, like where I think, I think I'm Gen X, I'm close to Gen X, but I'm also near the end. I'm like, I was born in 79. Okay. And, um, my daughter always says I was born in December of 79, but my daughter's like, well, you were a child of the seventies. I'm like, I was there. <laughs> For 11 days, okay? Watch your mouth. Yeah, right. It's not fair. But, like, but I, so, like, I come from this generation, um, you know, that, that that's supposed to be angst-ridden and, you know, all these different things. But mm-hmm. looking at the generations that follow, and people have had a lot of bad things to say mm-hmm. about Gen Z. But one thing I will tell you is what I'm seeing in this, is in this generation is it's a bunch of young people who are hungry for the authentic. Yeah. And, and really hungry to see God move in an authentic manner and move in power. Right. And, and uh, I, I'm seeing that. And I, as a youth pastor, I believe that's mm-hmm. probably what you're seeing as well, that sure. they're yeah. not about like the lights and the fog and all those things. And, mm-hmm. and if you look at like what's happening at college campuses all over the place, right. Right. It is, it's an authentic move of God. Mm-hmm. Um, not concerned with the frills. Yeah. And, and just God, um, moving in a, in a mighty way and uh and and they're hungry for that yeah and to me this this is this is a great time for them because god is moving in powerful ways all around mm-hmm. and it's starting in our young people yeah yeah it's uh it's you know it's uh interesting uh, even when you look you know historically a lot of times god did use you know uh, young, young people, young adults, um, to go after him. And there's, uh, and, and, and have revivals and movements, you know, there's that Jesus people movement back in the seventies. In fact, there's a movie coming out called yep. Jesus revolution. Yep. Kind of want to see that. Yeah. Um, and so I know my father, he got saved in that movement and it spread like wildfire. Yep. Um, you know, and especially in the area where I'm from up in Youngstown and the Pennsylvania area, there was a huge movement too. of even a lot of Catholics, um, you know, actually speaking in tongues and, and going after that because there was a whole Catholic renewal, they called it. And, right. um, so there was, there was those movements and stuff. So I used to hear stories of just like, man, you know, every time you look, someone was getting saved or someone was getting set free. Um, and just the church was growing uh, exponentially and it wasn't because they're coming from another church, but because it was just people who were lost and now that they're found. And, uh, and so I believe in seeing what's happening even here and now with the, you know, amongst college, uh, uh, students, um, what's going on around the nation that I th- see it as just this, um, this hunger for the authentic, like you were saying, yep. there, there is no main focal point person or some big worship team. In fact, you know, worship teams were trying to come in to try to lead worship for them and stuff. And they were like, no, we don't want any big named people coming in, trying to whatever minister or to do that because we want to keep it just, what's going on and keep it pure. Um, and so, yeah, I see I, there's a hunger and I think that hunger is even spreading 
you know, be more so. And these, you know, it's all over social media. People are reading about it. I think that also helped contribute to the people coming expectant. Like if it's happening there, that's awesome. And I, I'm totally about like going to places where revival is breaking out, yeah. getting a piece of that fire and yeah. bringing it back to you. But I mean, there is the same God that's there that is here. And so right. coming expectant on a Sunday morning that God can do that here. God can do that. Um, happening. In fact, I just saw an article post that uh, Baylor University is uh, starting to have a huge outbreak. In fact, a bunch of students were gathering, hundreds of them were gathering, praying for revival to break out at that college yeah. campus. I, I think Dude, that's I'm the Baylor. stuff all over the place, bro. Yeah. I mean, all over. Lee University. Lee University, mm-hmm. Mount Mount Vernon here in, in, yeah. uh, in our area. Mm-hmm. Um, but then more than that, I just saw a report and I would, I would really like to... Um, I'd really like to to know exactly where that report came from that Muslims all over the world are are having dreams and visions of Jesus in their sleep and are oh, converting wow. to Christianity by the yeah. droves. Interesting. I just saw a video and some pictures of the Philippines, like mm-hmm. thousands upon thousands of people giving their life to the Lord and getting baptized. Wow. I just saw in Florida, like in Florida there was a there was a baptism tank in the back of a truck and in the middle of a park, people yeah. were repenting and getting baptized. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. God's up to something. Hey, I saw a guy on his on his airplane. He just and it was like after when they took off, <laughs> you know, and they couldn't kick him out of the plane anymore. He then just started preaching the gospel, like just sitting in his chair, just like yelling it out. And people all over the plane raised their hand and accepted Jesus in their heart on that on that airplane. Wow. So it was like just while they're in midair, they can't do anything about it. They can't make this guy be quiet or anything. And people just like sat there and listened to him. And, and they like people all over were receiving Jesus, like, you know, probably 30, 40 people on that plane. And um, and wow, so that's just awesome, man. That's radical awesome, things. Dude. Yeah. And, it, and it's a good thing. This is how it's supposed to be. This is normal. You know, this is this is how the normal Christian walk, Christian, the church should be. Mm-hmm. It's not something, you know, that it's radical necessarily, but it's actually something that's should be the, the continual um, yeah. what's happening. So uh, anyways, yeah, I, it's amazing to see what, how God's using young people. In fact, you know, Jesus, he was 33. Okay. And then Peter was probably in his twenties because um, the two of them had to pay temple tax, but all the other ones didn't have to pay. That means they weren't of age. So it means right. that they were probably in their teens. So John was probably around 14, 13. Uh, these guys are 15, 16 year olds, 14 year olds. The disciples were around that age. You have to, right. when you picture it that way, it's kind of mind boggling mm-hmm. to you. But through that group of teenagers, teenage boys, they changed the world, yeah. um, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're all a product of that moment. Yeah. And, and, and you know, people are looking at the landscape of, of the world right now, mm-hmm. and they're really worried about it. They're really worried about all the, all the crazy things we're seeing in the news. And, and Jesus actually talks about that. He, he says, you know, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and pestilences and famines mm-hmm. and all these things. See that your heart's not troubled. Yeah. You know, um, the end is not yet, but, but God's going to do a work. Right. And, and so even if you, you know, like we were talking last night, my family and I at the kitchen table, having dinner, yeah. you're talking about like grace is like, are we, are we in end times right now? And I'm like, uh, I think we're close, <laughs> yeah. but I, you know, I don't, I don't have access to God's clock, so I'm, I sure. can't tell you that, but what I will say, you know, and, and, and they're, they're saying things like, you know, are we going to be persecuted for our faith and things oh, like yeah. that? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that if you think about this, this is really cool. When you think about like how, how in scripture it said that, uh, all the, all the, all the disciples, when they were, they were caused to scatter. Mm-hmm. you know, because of persecution, yeah. it was, 
it, it was what like spread the gospel like a wildfire. Sure. We're, we're a product of that moment, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're a product of that moment. And here's a really cool thing. So God just hit me square beside the head. I said this to my kids last night. I said, you got to understand something. You and I are a product of those people's persecution. Yes. Not prosperity. Right. Everybody thinks that, that they're a product of the church's prosperity. They're not a product of the church's prosperity. They're right. a product of the church's persecution. Yeah. It was that moment that led to us being here following Jesus now. Right. It wasn't it wasn't some like God just blessed everything and and yeah. you know there was aspects of it, you <laughs> sure. know. Yeah. You know, but but it wasn't like God said, "Okay, you're going to you're going to I'm going to give you yeah. all the all the all the wealth and health that you want." No, they uh-huh. were going through I mean, there were there were Christians being used as human torches. Yes. So that they could build their roads in the middle of Rome. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like yeah. and, and at nighttime, like, so we're a product of their persecution. We're not a product of their prosperity. That's no, that's a great point because that's, I mean, yeah, it's the, on the backs of, you know, martyrs and stuff like that, that, yeah, the gospel was spread. It was put forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look all across, I mean, even currently right now and other, you know, foreign nations right now, they're currently are getting burned, uh, executed in the streets, um, putting put be put in jail, uh, tortured um, for the sake of following Jesus. And you know, you look back at that, and you know, Jesus promises. He said, "Look, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Right. Um, you know, you're the disciple, I'm the teacher, and so like if if they're going to come after me, they're definitely going to come after you." Um, and you look just not only in the apostles' lives, but even there's a, a book I got my leadership team in youth. It's called um, "How Jesus Changed the World," and what it does is it looks historically. It looks in the church and how the church and the early Christians within the first 400 years or 500 years, the reason why we even have hospital systems, even why we have school systems, all that stuff all came from the church. Right. The church initiated all that. So when it came to uh, when like the bubonic plague or or the black plague or whatever was going on, people would all leave their relatives in the town and then, you know, leave because they're like, something's going on here. Now, we found out years later it was the rats that were spreading (laughs) the disease. Right. But, you know, what happened was is the Christians went into the town and took care of the people. So when their families left, the church came in and filled in and actually took care of them and loved on them. And that was one of the things that led to actually them stopping uh, murdering Christians because they're like, there's something about these people who yeah. they won't deny Jesus, even though I'm slaughtering them, I'm attacking them, I'm threatening them. And then they're even on top of that, they're still loving us, even yeah. our wounded that we as our, as our own family members abandoned. Yeah, And, exactly. and so you gotta, you have to appreciate the history and see that, like you're saying. So some great resources would be how Jesus changed the world. Fox's book of a book of the oh martyrs, um, Jesus freak. By Jesus DC freak. Talk. There's like three volumes of it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing I'll, I'll tell you is like when if you know, the world is not happy with the church, right? Mm-hmm. But if the church stopped being the church right now, all over the world, yeah. Um, you want to talk about like, I, I, I would imagine if the church stopped being the church and stopped feeding who they feed and taking oh, yeah. and missions and things like that stopped, if that all stopped right now, oh yeah, I don't think any, there's a government in the world that could handle picking up the slack, yeah, of of what the Christians do. In fact, oh, I yeah. I had and this is way off subject, but I mean, you no. know, it's all good. That, that's what podcasts do. You, yeah. you, you chase <laughs> rabbit trails, right? Sure. But I, I remember hearing from um, a foreign missionary saying that Americans blow the rest of the world away because they're willing to give up their vacation time to go and minister to somebody across the world. And the yeah. rest of the world doesn't really like to do that. Right. You know, so um, if the, if the church stopped being the church, the world would be in, in, in a lot of trouble, but 
Yeah. That's what they're asking for. But I, I, what I do know is the DNA of the church means it's never going to happen. That's not who we are. Right. We keep moving forward, even even under harsh conditions. So yeah. Um. But like going back to Sunday, yeah. I, I you know I just was blown away at, at what God did. But I, I I can't wait to see what He does this Sunday. Right. But also Friday night prayer and Youth Wednesday night mm-hmm. and all those things. But you know the 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 Lord obviously was like, Hey, you're not going to preach what you were going to preach. We were going <laughs> to yeah. preach. We were going to preach relationship status. Number three, that did uh, not happen. No. Um, and it was really, it really made me a little sad because we have an awesome skit planned and all that, but sure. You know, um, the Lord just kind of laid something on my heart that I'll just kind of reiterate for you guys before we, before we bounce here. And it was the, yeah. the story of the 10 virgins and, and it was talking about, you know, you can find it in Matthew chapter 25, Verse verse one, starting in verse one, mm-hmm. and um, you heard me talk a little bit about it. I mean, did it did it track? Did you track with it? Did it oh, track? Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah, the whole the whole parable uh, of the ten virgins, you know, is kind of talking about the return of Christ. Um, yes. So I think that was that's like huge. But five yeah. five five had oil in their lamps. Five right. bride five five brides bridesmaids or or whatever you want to call them <laughs> for, um, had had oil in their lamps. The other five didn't. Five uh-huh. were prepared. Five were not. Right. And, uh, and when, when the bridegroom came, um, the, the five that were not prepared missed out. And, yeah. and in scripture, oil represents the Holy Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And so um, what, we really, what we really challenged our people with was, you know, there are people who are depending on other people in their life yeah. for their spiritual um, growth and for, and for their spiritual life and, and really you have to prepare yourself. You have to have your own. Mm-hmm. And there are husbands who think they're going to make it into heaven because their wives are women of God. But yet you're, mm-hmm. you're spending time cashing in your check at the bar. That's just not how it's going to work. <laughs> right. Like you need to get your own. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so for me, uh, that was just kind of something that the Lord laid on my heart. And it was just so important for our people to understand. Yeah. In this time, if, if it does feel like the end of the book and we're, we're getting close to the end times, Mm-hmm. You've got to be more focused. We've got to be more focused on making sure that we have we have topped off ourselves with the Holy yeah. Spirit and that we're ready right. whatever moment it is. Yeah. Because because God's moving and we need to be prepared. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what tomorrow looks like and I don't know what next week looks like, but I know mm-hmm. this, it's my responsibility to have my own walk with God. Mhm. And listener, it's your responsibility to have your own walk with God. Yeah. And um, and so we even had people give their lives to the Lord on Sunday, and um, and and say I'm ready to I'm ready to to live for Him, and I've been playing games, or I've I've been the big one was you know I've been coming around, and I really like what I'm seeing. Yeah. But I know there's more, and I want sure. more of Him. Right. And um, mm-hmm. and and I just think, Pastor Dan, I really feel like we're just gonna see more of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, as long as we, as a body, put Jesus first and desire Holy Spirit to have His way, um, and we come expectant and we stay hungry, uh, I think we're going to see that break out. But there is a stewardship involved, yeah. and so as much as you know anybody there would want it, as much as one person or as much as anyone the staff wants it, that we as a body of believers um, have to want it in, yeah. in unison. And there, and there is that beautiful thing. And, uh, and like that, you know, with the, with the parable you shared, you know, like you said, you know, the, the, the five who didn't have it, 
they tried to get some from the ones who did. And right. they, they just said, no, we're not going to give that to you. We're, we know because it's not something that, that they could really give. No. And in the parable working here is like, if you're not familiar with the historical background in Jewish culture, is that when a, when a bridegroom was ready to pick up his bride, okay, um, when he was ready to do that, it could happen at any moment at any time. It could be three o'clock in the morning, could be 12 in the afternoon. And so uh, the woman was always awaiting and always looking at the horizon, waiting for him to come. Because what is he doing? He was building up the, you know, the, the dowry stuff, but also he was building an addition to his father's house um, onto that. So he's working, you know, day and night to get that all finished to then, to then come and then basically finalize the marriage and consummate it. So whenever he was, he could come at any moment. And, uh, and so they didn't have lamps, you know, you can't find them in the dark. So it's just like that thing. You don't know the day or the hour when Christ is going right. to return. But you, you do know what you need to do in the moment is to seek the Lord and go after him and just keep going after him. And then when the time comes, he's going to be, you're going to have oil in your lamp. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, we need to make sure that we're keeping the oil in our lamp, you know, a, as a body, as, as individuals and yeah. then, you know, as a church. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so, so like, how do you do that? And, mm-hmm. um, I'll give you three words that just kind of represent the posture we should have as we're waiting for God to move mm-hmm. and it's humble, hungry, repentant. Yeah, that's um, good. let's approach the throne of God with 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 a boldness, but also with a humility, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and I think I think it's so important that we that we go through this whole entire thing with a humility, knowing that we are always just so in need of the grace of God. Yeah. Right. Hungry for more of him, hungering and thirsting that he would move in our life and desiring him more than all the other things that are calling for our attention. And nowadays in 2023, there are more things calling for your attention than ever before. Yep. So humble, hungry, and then repentant. Look, the bottom line is this. You want to look at great moves of God. It all starts when someone has that King David Psalm 51, create in me, O God, a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Right. And the Bible says that a broken and contrite heart, God does not despise. So being ready and willing to lay yourself at the altar and say, God, I've fallen flat on my face. Here I am. I'm confessing my sin to you. And, and the fact of the matter is, is I love what the scripture says in, in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sin mm-hmm. and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he does a couple things. First of all, if we do that part, mm-hmm. Then what he does, first of all, he's faithful. That means he's going to do it over and over and over again. Right. And just, that means he's the only one who has the ability to forgive that sin. To not only forgive us of our sin, mm-hmm. but also wash away the dust and the junk and the grit and the mire that we've been wallowing in that, yeah. that leads us to the place to need repentance anyway. So yeah. if you want to see God move personally before we ever see him move corporately, we have to be humble hungry and repentant. Mm -hmm. And I promise you, if you take that posture and if we're a body of believers who all in ourselves are taking a posture of humble, hungry, and repentant, then when we gather together, there's no end to what God can do. Right. Yeah. Lives can be changed. Mm -hmm. Hearts can be set free. People can be set free from things that have, have beset them for, for decades and decades. And, and so the question is, how will we posture ourselves? Yeah. And so that's kind of where I'm, my mind's going to be for the next mm-hmm. few days and, and, you know, through the week. But mm-hmm. we're supposed to to try and, you know, keep going in this uh, in this <laughs> series that we're in, the relationship status, because I do sure. believe there's value to it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I really have no idea what God's going to do next Sunday. I'm going to come with a message talking about having grit in your marriage and grit in your friendships and grit in your, in your dating that, you know, the courage and the character and all of those things. Yeah. But uh, who knows what God is going to do? Yeah. (laughs) But but we're willing to say, God, I'll step out of the way. Right. So that you can do whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. Even if it's messy, even if it doesn't look like what I thought it would look like, mm-hmm. I will step up out of the way so that you can do what you can, what you want to do. And so, um, listener, I would, I would just ask you, come with that heart this week. Yeah. Come ready, humble, hungry, repentant, ready to see what God has in store for you. No, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what God's going to do. Amen. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our time here as the midweek bump. Uh, and so I guess just it wouldn't be necessarily part three of relationship status, but it's just kind of um, uh, we want to talk about what God was doing and explain to you guys just the heart and what we were seeing. And uh, like like what PT was saying, come expectant, get ready, come hungry. It's going to be good. God always has something for us every time that we gather together um, right. as well as in our personal time with him so well catch us guys then this sunday we'll see you and then we will uh be talking about whatever happens next sunday on the next midweek bump all right guys have a great great week all right see you